Yeah, I, I was actually at the gym last night and yeah, my legs aren't working properly today. <laughs> and I dropped a 20 kilogram weight on my foot, which wasn't good. That doesn't help. It's, no. Usually you don't, you'd want to try to avoid situations like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the reason you go to the gym. Put it that right. way. <laughs> I also don't know how heavy that is. 20 kilograms. Jesus Christ. Uh, 20 kilograms in pounds is 44 pounds. Oh, damn. Okay, so like a, a plate. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of the international powerlifters, that's under a kilogram. So See? Wesley knows. Every, everywhere on the planet for powerlifting, they use kilograms. kilograms the kilos. Way, the, way, the way that it results oh. in pounds. So that's why, like, if you ever see, like, somebody set a world record, it's like 721.6 pounds. Point six, they, yeah. say it, they say it that way so Americans understand it, but it's that way because it's <laughs> kilograms. Because it'd be and like still, 100 just, kilograms. It's just still from the old Greek stuff when they were picking up stones and they were weighing like what the weight of a stone was, which a stone's 14.4, yeah. 14.2, 14, I don't know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just, just, stone, over, right? just over 40. Yeah, 14, it's just over 40. Yeah. yeah. 40 yeah, yeah. A stone. Pounds. Yeah. So 14.2 pounds, pounds is one pounds. stone. Stones, one 14 stone. stones. Like you'll you'll see you'll see weigh-ins in Europe of <laughs> and they'll say, oh, he's weighing in at 7.1 stones. And that's, and that's a pound. It, it's four no seven times 14.2 pounds. Oh 14.2 is how many pounds? Okay. So it's like a pence and a pound. So what? how does so your pound <laughs> but, it's, money. Not, it's nothing like <laughs> but 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 after bre- after Brexit. The uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. a, a stone is only thirteen point one dollars. And those, it, yeah, and they don't use it that. Decreased, I wish that was the case. And it's not allowed in a in a European gym. Yeah, if that was the case, I'd weigh a lot less than I actually do. Oh, I get. It. So you have precious stones in your gyms. What's up, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Dome Patrol Podcast. All right, what's up, Houdat Nation? And thank you for joining us on the Dome Patrol podcast. This is the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network. I am your host, Jeff. And uh, let's see, Mickey Loomis held a press conference last week that we've yet had a chance, I think, to talk about on our show. Plus, interviews for Saints offensive coordinator position have finally begun, and we've already missed out on one candidate. Uh, it's been a pretty busy week at the Saints facility, and we are watching their every move. We're going to talk about those, so put your seatbelts on, keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times, and enjoy the show. On the show today, we have James and Wesley. No Jason, he's got the day off. Hey guys, how y'all doing? I'm, um, I'm all good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm just chewing gum, sorry. Um, oh. <laughs> this, is, is this bad for their show? Is it? No, oh wow, I, I'm so much more respect for you now. <laughs> And I, and I can tell that you have respect for me because you've chosen to smack gum in my face the whole time with a snarky look on your face. So tell me, what did y'all think about Mickey Loomis's uh, press conference? Let's go in chronological order. Uh, I mean, by now, yeah, like by the time our, you know, we're publishing this, I think the Houdat Nation has exhausted the gum smacking uh, take. And I, mean, I, I just, I just, it's weird that I couldn't imagine any person that is in control of the decisions of a billion dollar corporation to ever be in a meeting, whether it's with internals or with the media or announcing anything where they would ever be smacking gum during the mm-hmm. entire. Right. 
moment. I just I just can't imagine any other. And there's some pretty disrespectful billionaires out there or people. I mean, and I can't imagine any of them doing it. It's it's <laughs> disrespectful. It's unprofessional. It's unprofessional. That's the biggest thing is it's just unprofessional. Like how as, how, wait, as you're talking about addressing the issues, which are like we haven't been behaving like a professional organization. We and then you're gonna come in here and do that. Like clearly you haven't learned. Clearly you are relaxed. Like yeah, we got players that are uh, all of a sudden just and coaches who are not taking anything and, seriously anymore. Gee, do you think it has anything to do with leadership? And I don't want to be hypocritical. If we had had a 13 and four season and this was a press conference after a playoff run, I'd still be like, what the hell's wrong with him? That's unprofessional. It's not, I'm not just like piling on because, oh yeah, we had a crappy season and right. you brought Dennis Allen back. I don't get it. Like, it was, was, it was trying to... I couldn't listen to it. Like I had to go find the scripts to read it because I, yeah. I don't gross. do well with smacking. Well. Like I couldn't listen to it. Right. To, to me, the whole thing came across as just arrogant from a position where he shouldn't have been yep. arrogant. We, we had we've just won the Super Bowl, for instance, and that was the, well, pro, the 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 press conference after the Super Bowl. Then maybe, but from the position we're in, James, that wasn't the attitude. He, he, he to take. should be arrogant, didn't you hear? Dennis Allen might be Bill Belichick. He might be, <laughs> be Bill Purcells. Um, he Tom might Landry, be Curly Lambo. I don't. I mean, yeah, he might be Tom Landry. I mean, like this is how every great coach starts their career is by being a terrible coach. I mean, so so maybe the arrogance comes from. Like, you mean he hired one of the five best coaches in the history of the NFL? Right. You don't Dennis know Allen. what's going on behind the. You don't know the full story of what's going on, and so yeah, there is a level of arrogance that I know more than anybody. No, I, I will say the one thing. Like, so Mickey did say some things that I liked. To start admitting that the organization itself and the team has been like he said, we've been a little too comfortable over the last few years, and I want to make it uncomfortable. Um, he started by making it and uncomfortable with my ears. Yeah, he started by making it uncomfortable <laughs> in everybody's ears. Um, but but I will say that he and then he also said he had private meetings with just him and the players after the season was over to stress that point to them that this things are going to change. So obviously those changes haven't started. I don't. I think there's some coming that I don't disagree. I don't agree with. At least they're admitting that change has to happen right. and that this. I mean, I, I still. I. I I can't ever think? I can't ever understand a point where we're choosing Marshawn La or choosing Dennis Allen over Marshawn Lattimore at this point than what they've done for us. Um, if we just look at their body of work in their current positions, um, one of them is one of the best in the world at, at his, his job. Right. And the other <laughs> is is isn't is not in that one category. of the worst in the world at his job. Well, I mean, until the Tom Landry ish of his career kicks in, of course, right, right. right. Coming any, any time now. Um, so, so, I mean, but again, it's, I'm, I, there were things from Mickey's press conference, things he said that, that I think were, were good. And, um, you know, talked about, uh, holding, I mean, he's, he's saying that it starts with him of holding people to a standard. I don't know why that meeting didn't happen after week six or right. week seven. Like we didn't, you don't have to wait till the end of the year and you're out of the playoffs and you didn't make the or you didn't make the playoffs to to have a meeting where you tell everybody like what we're doing is not great. We should change things up. I'm glad that he noticed at some point, but it's just weird just that we have late. like where was all this like seriously halfway through the season or at why the bye week. Right. Why wasn't there a, a come to Jesus during the bye week? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, like, hey, everybody, this ain't working. What like, do we need like to fix? We're just not allowed to rally the troops during the mm. middle of the season. 
Because your Hall of Fame coach said that we will keep doing what we're doing. He he put his foot down. You're not changing shit midstream. We're gonna stay the course. And that's why you don't you're not allowed to make any changes during the season. Or it could be that right, they don't know how to make those changes during the season because they barely know how to run the season. But yeah, because like if the rumors of like certain players being a little too comfortable and not taking their job seriously, maybe sense of entitlement. What do you do about that? I mean, if it is your star players doing it, like, do you punish them? And how? I mean, whoa, 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 hold on. Yeah. yeah, but you can't pick and choose which star players to hold accountable. I mean, no. when you have someone who's acting like a child and also not playing well, but you ignore that, but then you have another player that you call out and bench or try to find um yeah but one of those players sustained injuries that prevented him from being able to play i guarantee all of those at players the, at the pro injuries. level the other player sustained injuries that prevented him from being able to play at, at a professional level <laughs> yeah i just think that before so, yeah. their in, before their injuries like and listen, we want to give credit to what came around by the end of the year. Derek Carr finished the season, I think, over the last five weeks, was one right. of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He probably should have kept uh, Pete Carmichael. But <laughs> stop Pete. it. Stop. <laughs> go there. <laughs> but, but before their injuries, like Marshawn Lattimore was playing great, um, or at least good. And then Derek Carr was not. I get it. Derek Carr got hurt against Green Bay and struggled after that. He struggled before that, too. He was not playing great before the shoulder injury in Green Bay. Um, we came on here and talked about it, and we we tried to blame the offensive line, but then we like each week the offensive line got a little bit better, and Derek Carr did not. Yeah, the running game wasn't good, but Derek yeah. Carr would still once a game throw the ball to I, the other team for no I, reason. I, certain decisions, yes. Bad throws, I still chalk up to. like I think he, he is excused for some of his inaccurate throws. Like if he made the right decision, but he threw the ball too high or he wasn't throwing well or couldn't throw far or enough. Or never led anybody that was running across the field, never yeah, led them. Like, he threw it behind yeah. them every time. Yeah, yeah, that could be his Or shoulder. threw it to where Michael Thomas was injured because of a bad throw. Yeah. Could or where Chris Olave got a concussion because of a bad throw. Right. And that could have been his concussion. He's seeing three Chris Olaves. I mean, we don't know. He threw the one in the middle, I guess. But I wish we had three Chris Olaves. <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean, like I, I now now some yeah, or or maybe some of his faulty decisions were a result of concussions, and his faulty drills were a result of his physical injury to his shoulder. And yeah, we saw improvement. I mean, but I mean, I, you know, I, yes, I look back and you see how the quarterbacks in the playoffs throw the ball, and you see look at Drew Brees and how he threw the ball. And man, it's light years different than what we're getting from but, Derek Carr. Or as the numbers for the season finalized. And the numbers of this year are basically identical to every other season of his career. Maybe this is just who this guy is. And I think it's easy for us to look at the average numbers and go, oh, if those just averaged out as equal numbers in every single game, that's fine. But that's not how Derek Carr's season average came to be. He wasn't, he was terrible in half the games and he was above average in half the games. And just the fact is, is that a quarterback that does that means you're going to win half the games and lose half the games. You're not going to, it's, if, if he would just been, whatever that average number came out, if you just divide it by 17 and like, that's what he did every single game. It's a pretty good, I mean, probably looks okay. But when it's super highs and super lows, 
and very little of just that in the middle where like let's see let's see if turnovers make a difference or if the defense can affect the game. It doesn't come out to that. It's just him alone is going to lose you five games and him alone is going to win you six games. And then you have five or six games that you're like competition and let's see what happens with defense and turnovers and running backs fumbling and like missing you need field the rest goals. of the team to help with those games. Yeah, it's when you groupie a couple of kicks. So it's kind of like, right, Drew Brees is going to, right, with Drew Brees as your quarterback, he's going to win you 10 games. He, he might lose you. He, he will lose, you, lose one you one game one a year. Two. Yeah, lose you. But he's going to win you 10, like 10 right. or 11. He's going to win 10. He, he's going to lose one. And then he needs the team to help him with the rest. He'll right. do almost enough. And he won't lose you the game, right? But, Whereas, but, but you would call Carr, you would call the Drew Brees record is is eleven and two per year, right? Where the the Derek Carr record is five and five, right? And so it's those, I mean, and then then the, then the intangibles number. kind of now again, idiot of any of us if we thought Derek Carr was going to come in here and be Drew Brees. I don't, I'm not no, saying that. We never said right, but I mean, but we all just, but look, we all said average. We all said fifteen, but and he but, was fifteen. But we, that's average. We, we real. I think we really hoped that it was going to be average each game, not yeah. great against the Carolina Panthers and terrible against, you know, right. the middle of the pack teams that we played. But and, if, if you're average every game, I think you lose more games, actually. I think we need sure. great ver- and not great. But well, especially you know I mean? when we have no running game and then, you know, mm-hmm. the defense is getting older and we're going to miss field goals and punt terribly. Yeah. And, and and we we said that this was the boring, or I said that in the preseason, I was like, no matter what we see, we see all these shiny toys of Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill and Chris Olave and Michael Thomas is back and we get all excited. And it's like, but this is a Dennis Allen team. They're going to run the ball. They're going to punt the ball when it's fourth down and they're going to try field goals when it's close. Like they're going to play field position and they did and they did a bad job of it most of the time. Um, so the intangibles didn't help us at all with, with a quarterback that's going to, you know, 50, 50 use some games. Average is what we wanted. And, you know, like you said, you know, the ups and the downs. If you just go across the middle for the whole season, we probably got one or two more wins if he'd have carried on that same average throughout the whole season rather than having the ups and the downs that he did. So just getting to the point where he can be average the whole time, not above average and then below average week, week to week. That's what I fear is that he's not, right, his career shows that he's not a consistent quarterback you're not going to get the same averageness every week you're going to get some weeks where he's above average and some weeks where he's below average and then at the end of the season it's going to be average right right the, the it, issue it, is is how many quarterbacks in the league are yeah and that's that's the thing week. is like we we've, we've been we've i say spoiled we've been we're first of all we were spoiled by great quarterback play and then over the last few years we've just had nothing but below average quarterback play mostly so we haven't seen that how does an average quarterback become average? And it's, you know, it's up and down roller coaster is how they get to average, not not yeah. just being average every single week. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's true. I like, I, but I, th- I mean, I also think that what we were correct about is if he was average his whole career, he would come in here, have more weapons than he's ever had before, have potentially a better defense than he's ever had before. And have more freedom in a system than maybe he's ever had before and have the easiest schedule he's ever played against. And so if you took 15th ranked average quarterback and gave him all these, it should be 13. He, this would make him the 11th best quarterback, right? But instead he just proved that no matter what, he's going to stay right there. <laughs> oh, and, oh, and well, I like take, this spot. Like, I like no, it right here. I mean, so in this case, we just need to trade all of our superstars 
for defensive players and the best kicker we can Shut teams out because yeah. he's going to be 15th no matter what receivers and running backs we have right so just to yeah, fix save your cap that situation. money yeah and, and i mean i guess and i don't know enough about it that maybe that's just stupid that, i mean the quarterback play is that important and if the quarterback's 15th he's going to be 15th no matter what you put around him i just I really some thought guys that i mean yeah i mean i just really thought one of the easiest schedules i mean that i've ever seen and a lot of weapons and dude i'm telling you like when you look and see more in the afc i guess in the playoffs i mean this saints team there is nothing i saw this entire year that makes me feel like even if we made it into the playoffs that we stood a chance of walking home with a super bowl trophy much less an nfc champ a super bowl appearance like there's no way we beat san francisco in an nfc championship i don't think we beat detroit in an nfc championship Maybe, yes, I do think we beat Tampa and or Philly and or Dallas. I don't think we beat Green Bay the way they were playing. So, I mean, we were doomed. So, who cares? We didn't make the playoffs. We probably avoided uh, embarrassment. Uh... <laughs> and I mean, there was nothing way to beat any of the AFC I think. Teams. I think if we'd have won the division, no, I mean, we'd I, have I, played I, a game this weekend. We'd have played but, this weekend, just gone. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. I think we'd have beaten Philly. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the Philadelphia and Dallas both looked really bad in that first. And who knows? I mean, I also, hey. yeah, I can see, I can see a scenario where we play Dallas or Philly, and we, you know, Derek Carr has a similar game to he had in Week 18, and we blow one of them out. But I could also see us going out and seriously having 180 yards of total offense against either one of right. those teams. <laughs> like, I, I, well, because do you going back to the Dallas thing? You know how they zoom in on coaches. Did you see that reel of? The guy who paused the TV with uh, Dallas's play card, and like you could read yeah. it legibly zoomed in. I don't think they zoomed in on Mike McCarthy. Was... He's really that big. <laughs> 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 and people, I do love the comments where it's like, "Looks like a Waffle House menu." <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, no, well, but waffles. they've done that multiple but, times this year with him. But do they his... do right with him? Like it's almost yeah. like they're helping. I mean, if I'm the other team, can is it really possible? For the other team to look at that and benefit from it, every single NFL in team real employs, time, every NFL team employs a minimum of five people. That their entire job is one trying to break down that card if they can see it, but mm-hmm. watching every single play every single week and going, "This is this Tendency. is what this team does." Sure, I mean, yeah, I mean, and I say five. They've, That's they've probably got five people that we actually can he- know their name. They've probably got ten college students that know nothing about football except like this right. is their whole thing it's well the, it's like the guy we hired yeah. from the he was at the jets and he's now the yeah. head of our analytics department yeah i get that but i mean the, the the suggestion that or or even like yeah you can look and see that card from the previous game if you're going to play them next right you watch it from the previous game and then right you see what they did you see what they called what do they do in search certain situations and the tendencies and then you can call a better defense against it the sad thing is i just don't see dennis allen and or the saints coaching staff ever doing something like that or do you see did you see the video the other one i was talking about was uh, i was thinking about i might even comment on twitter where was it buffalo or no it was san francisco so he was uh Shanahan was sitting there talking to the ref saying like, look, he's going to do this and talking about the, the defending player. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's going to hold him. He's not going to let him get outside. Sure enough, throw the pass. He held, didn't boom, pass interference. He controlled and he put it in the ref's head. Watch for this. It's going to happen. 
Of course, it happened. The ref calls it, but he made sure that the ref saw it. That's smart coaching. It's not that he's like tricking or doing anything wrong, but he knows what's going to happen. They need the first down. I'm going to guarantee we get the first down, and I'm make fucking sure that the fucking line judge or the sideline guy isn't looking at the safety where the play is not going to be. Well, I mean, there's two other like, well, one old and one recent scenario of something similar happened. Uh, one, the Super Bowl where Peyton went and told the referee, "We are going to onside mm-hmm. kick." Right here, yeah. we're gonna kick towards our sideline. Like, yeah, be freaking ready. Be paying attention. Right. And now another scenario, more recent, is uh, to end the season before the mm-hmm. game. Dan Campbell went and told the referees, "Here's the play we're gonna call. Number sixty-seven is gonna come and do this, and the whole game we're gonna have this other number who's gonna be eligible." Oh, so he, oh I didn't hear that part. So he yeah, actually gave. We're, the we're full- gonna we're purposely the whole game gonna be putting seventy-two in as eligible. Seventy-two. 70, and then at some point we're going to say we're going to tell you 67 is eligible 72 is going to run past you but not report as eligible to confuse the other team right it confused the referee and the referee screwed it all up right yeah yeah, dan campbell explained that play to the referees pre-game and said this is exactly what was three hours before it had his problem his mistake was he explained it three hours before he should have done it sooner called called a timeout and gone out right right there this is it this is it (laughs) ambush ambush (laughs) or right or in shanahan's case it's it's again it's not cheating but my, my point is these coaches are doing this that's good coaching i am not convinced that anybody on the saints coaching staff is doing anything like that i think sean payton yeah well we know sean payton used to do it and that's part of how you get the calls you know how we always say saints don't get the calls saints don't get the calls well yeah if you gotta somehow you gotta in a sense control what the referee is seeing that's genius that's good smart coach that's the difference between a good coach and a bad coach anyway back to mickey loomis's press conference did he say anything about that he, he did not mention Sean Payton <laughs> or the referees. I don't believe no. anywhere he, in there. Was he chewing juicy fruit? Was that the gum that he was chewing? I'm sure it was. It must have maybe been he was bad. channeling. He was like, trying to make... yeah. "Oh, they like it when they when we chew gum around here." Uh, what but, else did you like about it? I mean, he at least said the word culture, and I mean, I'm hoping that through some of the confusion that happened this year, that maybe he explained to Dennis Allen what culture is and the type of organization that we, because he's, he said like, um, you know, uh, culture means a lot of things to different people. We've got really great people in the building. I want to make that clear. We've got really good guys, great representatives of the organization that are hardworking. Mm-hmm. And he said, but he also said, there's a lot of good things, but there's also things that we need to clean up. And, um, you know, a few things that have kind of deteriorated over the past four or five years. Now I agree with that, but, how do you say that without blaming Dennis Allen for the deterioration of the culture? Um, because some of your, I get it. The Drew Brees is a big leader that's left, but people like Cam Jordan and Demario Davis have, have still been here. And so for it's, it's just, I, I think it's strange to not to defend Dennis Allen, but then talk about that. Our culture has deteriorated over the last four or five years. That's it's, it's kind of calling him out by proxy. Wasn't it? It was saying is saying it, it was his fault without telling the press that you know it's his fault. I don't know. I mean, it's I, think it, I think you do it the way he did it, where Chuck he Noel and then put it on himself. He like he he put it on himself. Like it starts with me. Like I picked up. He was saying like it goes to even the, the guy selling the ticket. That you know, it's everybody in the building 
I'm not. I'm gonna take just one little kilogram off of the Dennis Allen uh, foot and say it could be like you know the pressure or whatever that was released when Sean left. Because like we all know, Sean kept that shit straight. He was worried about how many pen all the way down to the. He kept the every eye on every detail, and it was probably a high stressful situation for a lot of people. It made him better. Don't get me wrong, but when that kind of a presence leaves, everybody can breathe again, and you get lazy. And that relaxation, we never got out. Like we just, it just everybody got like, hey, this is nice. We don't have to fucking do anything anymore. Okay, so and so they lost the if- quality. If we were having this conversation blind to what's to come, then I would probably fall for some of that. I think that the whole time that I'm hearing this, him say these things, I know, or I believe that they have restructured Marshawn Lattimore's contract with the intention of getting rid of him. And so all these things that he's saying, like to me, every time he's saying these sentences, he's going... And because of that culture, we're going to get rid of Marshawn Lattimore. And, oh, and, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we've got some inconsistencies, some some things. It's deteriorated in the locker room, so we're going to get rid of Marshawn Lattimore. That's what I'm hearing the whole time that he's doing this. So, like, the way that you're saying it is maybe he's blaming Mickey Loomis, and maybe he's blaming Sean Payton, and maybe he's blaming Dennis Allen, and that would be good. But I think that what we know is coming is he's going to blame some players. And it's going to be, yeah. I think, well, he that- might. I mean, and, and look, to be in all of, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't necessarily agree with this point, but I think it's got to be represented and we got to respond to it. But what if, what if Matt Mark, Sean Lattimore is a problem personality yeah. wise? And, and, and so I will say that I know we tried to do this last year with saying we got him the quarterback and all that, but I would like this off season to the off season of eliminating excuses for Dennis Allen. So if I there's players, season, if there's yeah. any, I thought it was too, but if there's any players that Dennis Allen says, that's not my guy. Okay. Then get, get rid, rid of, of all, all the coaches right. that aren't your coach. Get rid of them. Yeah. All the players. I don't care if it's the best players on our roster. If, if, if this right. is you what it takes for, he's toxic. If, then right. I want him to do whatever he needs to do to where he can go. Hey, I don't have any more excuses. If we don't win the division and we don't have a winning that's record, up, yeah. it's, it is now my fault. Because because I had and, to get rid. This is what I had to do to and kill reality, Sean Payton out of this building. And and again, like, it's not even about him specifically. In reality, at the end of the day, if you have a toxic, high performing player, it is better to get rid of that player and deal because that tox. Even though he's performing at a high level, his toxicity in the locker room is going to affect so many other players. Where you're now, you yeah, might I mean, get eighty percent out of him, but you're getting twelve percent out there's, of. There's a truth other about guys. him coming to cancer, and the better the player is, the Whoa. bigger the bigger cancer it can be. Fuck cancer! Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Yeah. Wow, we're still talking about Dennis Allen? All right. Now, what are we talking about? We, we, we had moved on. Me and James were having a nice conversation about quarterbacks and okay, all that, and go. Jeff just keeps bringing him up. Here we go. And now okay. he's defending him like you. But he's like, if Jason's not here, I need to defend Dennis Allen. Somebody Jeff, does. Jeff probably likes uh, Jeff Vinovich, too. Super Jeff Bowl Vinovich? referee. Jeff? No, we Vinovich. Get to that, yeah, don't worry. that's what I'm calling him, <laughs> Jeff Vinovich. Yeah. That's his all new right. name. Uh, let's talk about the Saints coaching carousel. So we've interviewed so far. Is it just four guys so far? Dan Pitcher, 
from he's a QB coach from Cincinnati. Shane Waldron, Seattle offensive coordinator, who's already heading to Chicago, so he's out. Zach Robinson, Rams quarterback coach, and Jared Gerard Johnson, Houston's quarterback coach. That's Apparently the four we'll, that we've been announced. I guarantee you, we probably interviewed four to six Gruden, more people. Right. Well, I think we interviewed Curry today. Ronald, yeah, Curry. Ronald Curry got an interview. Okay. Um, then there was two from San Francisco, Clint Kubiak and uh, Brian Greasy got interviews as well today, apparently. Yep. And I like both of I like I like all of that. And, hey, it'd be great if we're just interviewing these guys and we're asking them all like, hey, who's who's really responsible for what's going on? And they're all taking <laughs> yeah. credit. They're all listen, the other guys don't agree, but I'm the one that's really making it good over there. <laughs> you know, we we could interview Arthur Smith. That would be pretty hilarious. Why would we do that? Like just a joke. I mean, apparently he's getting interest from a bunch of teams for their offensive coaching okay. staff. He okay. was he he was he was a good OC for Tennessee, wasn't he? Well, he also could Tennessee. Out how it was Tennessee, use, wasn't he? Yeah, he also yeah, could figure out how to use Bijan uh, Robinson correctly. So I'm gonna nix him for that. It would just be yeah. hilarious. Well, he just didn't have enough time. He well, had to focus it actually, on the whole team. That actually help of... him here since we don't have anything that resembles Bijan Robinson. So. Him not knowing how to use a player like that's perfect for us. We don't have Kyle Pitts either. Do we all think all these interviews are just being set up for us to announce that Ronald Curry is going to be the new OC anyway? Zero percent. I can't can't imagine. You don't see it, no? Not at all. But that's what we like to do. Unfortunately, I don't know if the Ronald Curry interview is incredibly serious. Kind of like the BNME interview. That one's one's probably good. We got to have two of them. Yeah. Was this okay. was this like Schefter's tweet the other day where he said somebody was in compliance of the Rooney rule just because it interviewed two black coaches? Yeah. Right, okay, I get you. Is is he talking about us? No. no. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, Shane Waldron, Seattle OC heading to Chicago does not concern me at all. Like I was out of all of them, I was okay. That was my my least favorite. I'm really that dude made Geno Smith a decent quarterback. Yeah. I- Gino Smith is been unhappy with that. for one year, and Tyler Lockett is like thirty nine years old. I'm I'm pretty sure it seems like he's been in the league forever. You've you've got I, to assume he's I don't know Chicago like he, because they're going to take Caleb Williams with the first pick in the draft. I just I would rather Jared Johnson or Dan Pitcher. Although the odds of Dan Pitcher coming here might be slim because didn't uh, Tennessee hire. Or, Higher, the, yeah. Uh, there yeah. see. So he'll probably get promoted and Callahan, stay with Joe yeah. Burrow. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, wouldn't you, would you stay with Joe Burrow or come to New Orleans for Derek Carr? 100% I'd stay with Joe Burrow. That's if the stupid. team wants you. That's if the team wants you. Sounds like Burrow likes him. So I would imagine Burrow's opinion carries a lot of weight. I mean, I guess I like that they're at least hiring. I mean, interviewing a bunch of guys. I mean, we'll see what the final decision gets made. I mean, this who is wants, way better than what they did last year. Who wants? Who wants to? <laughs> yep. Yeah, just it's better way than better. Back. Come yeah. on, anything's better than last year. So whatever. Um, I'm happy they're interviewing a bunch of guys. We'll see what happens. Who wants to come coach for Nos Allen? I don't know. No. Now, now James, I will interview. say, I'm I'm not completely out on still that they do all this and then still hire John Gruden. Which, which, which. I mean, I'm I'm That's more and charade. more. I'm I'm more and more interested in these other guys that they're and again John Gruden was successful in the last three years in in the, in the NFL calling an offense and he was successful with this quarterback um, so I'm not opposed to that at all but I'm I'm liking um, I, Brian Greasy I think would be would be a, a good hire here um, depending on how res, re, responsible he's been but as the 49ers quarterback coach 
because I don't think that Brock Purdy is just overall a talented quarterback, but they've made him look really good. Having Debo, having Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey on the same team helps a whole lot. Didn't you just say last week that you were worried that we're going to hire some young hotshot who's going to try to be hot shit, be the smartest guy in the room, and you, yes. you didn't like that? I do. Yeah, and Brian Greasy's not that guy. Brian Greasy's 48 like 50, years old. I think he's close to 50. He's been around for a while. Ever since he retired from the NFL, he's been a coach. He's been learning a couple of new systems since. So, no, where, I, don't, where, I don't. Where has he been? Like, has he been successful everywhere he's been? Didn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't he an offensive coach somewhere in Denver after? I mean, I know he played for Denver, but it seems like he was there possibly as well. It is interesting that they seem to be going after the the Shanahan and McVay coaching it's, tree. That's that's all. The, those are all the guys they're looking at because that's the new hot shit offense that's hey, going but, around the league. If you look at like the the numbers, all the numbers of like motion, pre snap motion, and uh, things like that, that we are last or bottom three in the league in. The Rams and the 49ers are top two in the okay. league in all of those yeah. categories. Um, and you know what? Those those teams are having a whole lot of success with Okay. Brian Greasy is the only job coach in San Francisco. Right. Old, and it's only been for two time. years, twenty two and twenty three. The yep. OC for uh Brock Purdy. He made Brock Purdy look like this. So I'm all yeah, and then running. OC or quarterback also. coach? He's QB quarterback coach. coach. QB coach. Yeah. Did I say OC? QB, I coach. QB coach. You did, yeah. That's a leading candidate in my mind. And then, like I said, the Jared Johnson, if he worked in with CJ Stroud, that's a good one. Um, even Zach Robinson. I mean, working with Stafford, QB coach over there in the in LA. I would be happy with all any of these guys. Yeah, yeah, all I'd of be these happy guys. With any of them. This is and that's what I was saying. Like the Dan, the, the Shane Waldron one from Seattle was my lowest. I wouldn't have not take it, been happy with him, but out of all of them, that was my number four out of the other four, other three. And his would have been a sideways move, wouldn't it, as well? Because he went from mm-hmm. OC to OC, whereas the others are all going to be making a step up. Yeah, but the, isn't he going? Is he going to Chicago for what head coach? OC? No, OC. Oh, OC. So he is lateral, taking a lateral yeah. move. Okay. So I mean, and I yeah, and yeah, the, sideways move. Yeah. The the biggest lateral questions lateral. or problems is that there are so many job openings and there are going to be a lot of OC you know, openings. Power. Where do the where are the Saints where's the Saints OC job going to rank on the list for all these so, guys? I think honestly, like we I know in the last few episodes we've talked about how it's not an attractive position all year. We've thought about it that way. I do think that the right like a guy a guy if I'm a young up and coming coach or or Brian Greasy, I could look at it and say. Like there is an opportunity here because you can, if sometimes you want to be the guy to go in and fix a situation, like, you know, and their saints do have weapons right now. And you, there, it is an offense that's ready to go. It's just Pete Carmichael ruined it. And if you're a good coach, you look at a situation and you think about like, I can turn this into, I can be the guy that fixes this. And there are some people whose mentalities are, I want to go to a team that's not, performing well and fix it rather than I just want to go to somewhere that is performing well and just be a cog because I think you make a bigger name for yourself and they do probably do see this as either a stepping stone to becoming a head coach or an OC at another program they could be using us and that's fine we'll use them they use us or they could also see it as hey if I go here to be the OC and I'm successful but the Dennis Allen is not they fire him I get promoted Yeah. yeah there's an option 
I think there's a, there there as and again there's only 32 I, fucking jobs in this in the world for this. I mean, well, unless you I don't, count now the XFL, whatever that. Yeah, come on, who, who counts that? <laughs> I I didn't know we were supposedly in agreement that this was not an attractive job. I I think it is for for multiple reasons. I mean, one like like I mean, just the basic thing is there's only 32 of them, so anybody that's being promoted from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator and you know <laughs> potentially tripling their salary is yeah, probably going to be be intrigued um but but even like so ryan nielsen just went to atlanta as the defensive coordinator and when they fired arthur smith they fired everybody but ryan nielsen's immediately getting another job because yeah, he's yeah. a great defensive coordinator it doesn't matter if dennis allen gets co- fired and they fire everybody yet yeah, one you might get promoted but even if you don't like if you do good at your job i think that there's enough analytics these days that you're going to get credit for it well, you don't have to and work. The league is a fraternity, right? Like, I mean, everybody knows everybody. Um, but uh, I think that there's, again, with a, a team that's shown their willingness and ability to spend money because um, you have an owner that has cash and can spend it, whether it's on coaches or restructuring contracts and players and all. Um, and I just think that this is probably an organization that people don't mind coming. And honestly, the sticking with Dennis Allen thing um, probably makes them feel better about coming here because you're like, okay, this is a they, they don't look at it as just perform immediately or we're getting rid of you. It's okay, they're gonna give me time to grow into the job and figure it out and prove myself. And they're gonna listen to me when I say, here's what we do. Because one, I got a defensive coach who clearly doesn't know how to, he's not gonna be in my ear about, right. hey, run this play right. on third down. He's gonna leave me alone. This is gonna be, I'm gonna be judged on me, not on uh, what anything else is. And this team is going right. to stick by me. Right. He, so, Dennis, and also, this I might think make you've Dennis Allen be, better because it, right. Dennis Allen, it got, probably doesn't want to be involved with the offense. You, you still look at no, this as a division. That's very winnable because you're not scared of Baker Mayfield. You're not scared of dang, the, the, the Panthers at all, no matter what they do. Um, and, and Atlanta, like that, that's a intriguing situation, but you don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. They've, if they do something at quarterback, you, then I it mean, would that, be different. That's, yeah. That's your but, that's your competition. Um, but I think but you're not going to uh, know that till the draft. You're not going to know that till you've up. got this job. But right, right right now, the way it sits. Or, or what if they hire Belichick or Harbaugh? I mean, what if they? I, I, I hope Atlanta does not hire Harbaugh. I don't. I want him to stay as far away from the NFC South as possible because he would turn they, on our round. They, they they get Harbaugh and then trade for Justin Fields, who we yeah. can't tackle. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather not think about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not unless Bye. it's absolutely necessary that we have to think about that. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna choose not to think about that. Right. It's only it's only two losses a year. We got 15 other games to win. Hmm. Hope we don't have to play against Jalen Hurts. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think whether you think this is an attractive position or not, I don't think it matters. At the end of the day, right? Maybe they'll choose. I don't know why, you know, like this guy chose uh, Waldron chose Chicago over coming here unless there's just, hey, there's the job on the table. They've yeah, I, offer say, I, mean, I, I think there's a getting offered a job, but they also I think there's a lot of like connections behind the scenes that we don't know. Like he right. He may, he may have worked with somebody that's that's over there in some capacity or right. something like that. It's, Again, he's also getting the number one overall pick, so they're going to get to pick their quarterback. Tell you what, Chicago. Big looks like a great because they're either going to trade the number one overall pick for two or three picks or they're going to trade Justin Fields for two or three picks mm-hmm. like they're either way. Chicago, I think, is a wonderful situation but for somebody. You, you want to know something else interesting? 
Like so, yeah, I want to know something else interesting. In order to to get my job, <laughs> I had to interview like go through like four, maybe five interviews at Fans First Sports Network. Like yeah. you had to and, <laughs> go, go through. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, for for a lot less than the, than a million dollar salary or whatever these guys are getting made, and these guys are going through like one, two interviews, job offer, like or one interview, job offer. These for... interviews last hours, though. Well, that's true. That is true. Oh, awesome. We just got a boil water advisory for East Bank of Jefferson Parish. Woo-hoo. What'd y'all do? Nothing that was actually rain? yesterday, Jason. That's that's <laughs> something that's something other teams are gonna bring. Hey, you thinking about going to New Orleans? They have boil water advisories all the time. You don't want to deal with that bullshit. That that still might have been the highlight of Derek Carr signing here was getting the boil water advisory like the second week he was here, and then everybody explaining all the other bullshit that he was gonna have to deal with. I think that wasn't on the brochure. Oh man! Don't park your car on the street. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's jump to final thoughts. Anybody got any? I got one. Okay. Yeah, I do. Happy birthday! Hey, that's the, my final thought. To the goat, Tiffany Amber Thiessen turns Wrong. fifty. Today. And, whoa, Jason! Fifty. Go fuck yourself. Because no. <laughs> today, because to, today. Wednesday, January 24th, is our own James's birthday. Hey! So, oh, Jason, you missed it. Oh. I think I think, I think <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen's birthday was yesterday, by the, by the way. On the same day, you got the boil water warming. A much better birthday to celebrate. Thank you. She is the GOAT. She's my number one. <laughs> which, which one's better, her or James? Uh, definitely her. I'm going to go with her. <laughs> yeah. See, even James agrees. Well, happy birthday, James. Let's have a drink, James. Thank you very much. Hey. Thank you very much. All right. So I've got a fi- I've got a final thought. We did mention him very very briefly earlier on, but how the fuck has Bill Vinovich got the Super Bowl? Well, he because does he, the he, NFL's bidding. He did exactly what the NFL wanted him to do. Yeah, he's their he's their guy. He's their most reliable guy. It's so funny still because has was, not still has not officiated a Saints game since. I was listening to somebody talk like, oh, he got it because he's the best referee that they have he's proven that he's the most consistent best referee except when it came to that play so when people say oh it's just a blown call but you're going to call him the best like yes referees blow calls it happens i get it but you fuck one goat the best referee (laughs) that you have and completely botches that like i just don't think he was incompetent that one play he was told oh no no because i've seen even since that that game i've seen stories where his crew and he have fucked up games in the regular season multiple times over the last couple of years this guy's not perfect whoever's running that fucking narrative probably the nfl that's the fucking bullshit well, that's the pr spin in, machine hey now in the super bowl now, he, he, he is their best his... referee he's the most valuable employee of the month for the nfl yeah Sorry, James. But in the Super Bowl, he doesn't get to take his crew, though, does he? That he's gone with throughout the whole season. They pick and choose from different crews, right? It's not the same. Which is weird because that's not good, right? You're going to have guys that are good on their own, but you put them together that they don't call games with the rest of the season. It's like a team. I mean, I get it. You're rewarding guys for giving them the Super Bowl and girls and girls. But when you're not calling the game with your team that you you know their tendencies or you know right like i can trust that jason's gonna be looking over here because that's what he does whereas now you're throwing them together yeah yeah yeah. 
it's not yeah yet. but you know the you know the league is, is in their ear telling them what to say anyway they're, they're these guys they're, they're just for show on the field at this point the yeah. would be like, as long as taylor swift there nothing matters yeah that's true. anyway my final thought is fuck bill vinovich there we go <laughs> cheers to that so along with bad nfl calls did y'all see the stuff about how the bucks and lions game ended with both teams not handling the clock correctly yeah yeah, the the, the the Bucks. There was a fourth called down, a timeout. The Bucks had another timeout to call that would have forced the Lions right. to either attempt to pass or kick a field goal, and or punt yeah. or, or punt or anything. Now probably would have kicked a field goal to put them yeah, up by eleven. But and they asked, you know, um, Todd Bowles why he didn't use a timeout, and he was like, he was saying that I was just we realized that the game was over, and <laughs> it's like. They, they gave up. And and if, if I would have called the timeout, then they would have kicked a field goal, and then we would have been down by 11. What but, if he misses? What if what you block if, it? What are we talking? Like You're in the playoffs, dude. You should, every you don't give up. I love the, Todd Bowles as Tampa Bay's coach. And don't get me wrong. Dan Campbell on the other side said that, that, I mean, the Lions screwed it up by putting that. But Todd Bowles, one, it saying he, he realized it and just was like, oh, the game's over. So like, I realized I could have called it, but like, he, it's just crazy. He quit. He conceded. Or conspiracy <laughs> theory tinfoil hat, the script. <laughs> I mean, but I yeah, know. like it's totally right. When you like, look at that situation, what it is, is that this is a, a coach that quit. He conceded well, and you, you, it, you, you, I can't fathom that this is the playoffs. You try everything. I don't care if there, it's I don't, a one percent chance that he misses that kick. Yeah, you got to take the fucking chance. Well, well, yeah. well, no, it's more than that. So it would have been a forty-nine yard field goal. The the Lions kicker on field goals fifty yards or more this year is five of thirteen. Oh, I I don't think one yard closer makes him twice. I mean, like he he made thirty-eight and a half percent of his field goals that were fifty or further. Like. It, what are you doing? Like and you don't I, and have I can't any, imagine any Dan Campbell's not sending teams. him out there to kick a field goal. Dan Campbell's punting that ball, trying to pin him down. But anything can happen. You can block the punt, and then you're just right. or get a good return. Like it's crazy. It's, just the cra- it's insane it to is, me that you don't even try. If I was a, if I was Tampa fans, I would be I, demanding that bowls be fired. Like like that is yeah. a fireball offense. You quit in the playoffs. You just conceded defeat. And when you had a chance, even if, it, again, if it's 2% chance, that's it. This is the whole season. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Wow. Yeah, I, that was amazing. I, as a Saints fan, love I'm, it. And I'm I'm shocked that there's not like, there hasn't been like more being brought of this. Because I mean, did you also a, see the expression? I'm sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, I just think it's a huge blunder. And I, I can't believe it's not being, it's a terrible coaching decision. Yeah. And did you see the expression on his face throughout the game, though? Anytime something weird. happened, it was like he had this smile or, or like he had this one look. And it, it just reminds me of way back in the day that me and Chad were watching the Saints and the Raiders when Art Shell was the coach. And they just kept throwing interceptions. Saints kept picking the ball off. And every time they would cut to Art Shell's face and he would just have that same general look on his face of like just dumbfounded. Like, I have no idea what's happening here. Well, that's actually because Art Shell was dumbfounded, had no idea what was <laughs> happening there. <laughs> but it was so funny. And like to this day, I could text Chad right now and be like, it's that's Art Shell's face. And he knows exactly what I'm talking about. So. I think that's it. That's all the show we have for you right now. Let's thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week and telling all of your friends about the Dope Patrol podcast. You can follow us on all socials. Just search for Dope Patrol podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Give each episode a five-star rating. Make a comment. A good one. Set up auto-downloads so that you can listen to the Dome Patrol podcast anytime, anywhere. Say bye-bye, donkeys. Bye-bye, Bill's donkeys. The Dome Patrol podcast is the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network.